Shazam? My name is Barry Allen, and I am the fastest man alive. I am the Flash. Truth. Justice. The American way. I'm vengeance. Hello and welcome to Elseworlds, a DC fan podcast. My name is Jordan. With me, as always, is Chris. How are you today, Chris? I'm doing pretty good. Let's uh, have some fun. Just got an A in my summer classes. Summer classes are over! So, Oh, that's great. That's over then, too. Yeah, you know, I got a 33 out of 35 on my unit plan, so there's more good than bad in life. I'm just going to focus on that. That's great. Uh, but yeah, we're, we are, we are, uh, if I can talk, we are talking, uh, about, uh, blue beetle graduation day coming up here, um, uh, in just a few seconds. And we're doing that as we approach nine days from when we're recording this nine days from when blue beetle is going to hit theaters. So, uh, probably by the time that I release, this will be about a week out. And uh, what better way to prepare, right, than uh, talking some comics. And and hopefully anybody watching or listening has read this comic as well. There will be spoilers. And, you know, it, it's, uh, I think, very fun to just talk about these type of things uh, before a big run-up to a, a film, which is on track for, I think, a $30 million opening weekend is what I read. If it makes one dollar, I'm okay with it. I, I, to be honest, I'm the expectations you, I I are on the it, floor. I think I said it in the one of the in the draft or another episode, but I was like, this is all bonus for WB. This was going mm -hmm. to be straight to streaming. They weren't going to make any money off of this at all. Um, it was supposed to just be boosting their offerings on Max, and now uh, once Zaslav came in and made it a theatrical release, anything they get from this theatrically is going to be gravy uh for them so uh i think 30 million opening will be great for them and i think i can that... see 45 million i can see 45 and the reason i can see it is box office the movies have slowed down you're not in that dog comp dog day competition with some of the big movies like you were and word of mouth is going to be huge because i don't think anyone cares in the general audience about blue beetle but if, hey, this new Blue Beetle movie, hey, there's a new superhero movie out, uh, you know, it gets going. Um, there's some star power in this movie. Um, you know, Susan Sarandon, uh, is, uh, George Lopez, you know, there, there's names in this movie that everybody will, uh, will, and it's a great representation movie. Uh, you have um, the main character, Blue Beetle, Jaime Reyes, is uh, a Latino actor at their the latino family is the center of this movie so i think there's going to be some people who show up for it i talk about the low expectations just because dc movies right now that's where they are um and that's not really changing but i can see 45 million and if it even reaches the 30 million i consider it a win 
Yeah, and we got a. I, I'm not sure when the embargo lifts for the reviews. So far, no reviews out as of our recording. Um, that'll that'll really be a, a big thing, right? Like if it's good, there is a chance for it to get above that thirty million dollar number. Um, but what we've also seen, right, is movies tracking mm-hmm. higher and then falling below that. So, um, yeah, but I, I think whatever it gets will, will will be interesting. And guess what just came out as a trade paperback, too, uh, this last week? Graduation Day. So we're actually reading this. We read it on the app, but mm-hmm. the actual trade paperback just came out, like, in the past week or so. So... That's perfect timing because they can push this if it is big hits. Like I saw it kind of front and center at my comic book shop and, you know, the movie's coming out. So all of that's really cool. I saw a shirt at Walmart. Um, I bought a Beatles shirt there. Regular Beatles, not blue, right? Like Mm -hmm. uh, the band. And then uh, but they also right above that had a blue Beetle shirt now, too. It's like eight dollars, ninety eight cents or whatever. But um, some of the stuff is coming out for this movie. So hopefully hopefully it's a good time we'll cover it on here when it comes out but uh yeah so a little primer here for you if you not familiar with the character of jaime reyes not many are right so this is my this is probably my first comic i've read of jaime reyes but i knew who he was from actually i've seen him in smallville uh he appeared in the episode of smallville that um booster gold does um Mm -hmm which was uh, an episode in season nine called Booster. Um, And it was the Jaime Reyes uh, Blue Beetle, you know, kind of the same storyline here where the scarab gets out and attaches himself to him and all of that uh, stuff. That I knew him from Young Justice. That's where I I had had encounter with him. Yes. And people also know him from uh, Batman, the Brave and the Bold. He's in that show as well. Yeah, it's been so long since I watched Batman, Batman Brave and the Bold. I have to go back and do that. I haven't watched that one, uh, so I'm not not too. There's some fun episodes it. of them, but like I don't remember them the way that I would like a Batman the Animated Series or Justice League Unlimited. That for me is like after Justice League Unlimited ended, I kind of just wanted more of that universe. And then like anytime they relaunched a new Batman cartoon and it wasn't that I was like, Oh no, thank you. <laughs> so I just never like ever watched them. So, uh, but yeah, so he's been around, but of course he's not the original blue beetle who is Ted, uh, not even Ted cord, right? Ted cord is actually blue beetle. Number two, um, beetle. Number one is Dan Garrett, who actually does appear in this uh, issue as like a little flashback for a bit, you know, where he's mentioning just how he's the third Blue Beetle. They kind of show the first two. But uh, Graduation Day, let me put up uh, the the comic first issue cover. This is also the cover of the trade paper. And back. the covers were so good of the series. Oh, the, the covers, covers were, were all amazing. Really great. So this is also mm-hmm. the cover of the trade. This is what it is. Uh oh yeah, let me say who uh wrote this and illustrate it then. because uh, we have Josh uh True uh Trujillo, if that's how you pronounce that. I apologize if that's not how you pronounce it. And then animator was uh Gutierrez, but let me just verify which one? Adrian Gutierrez. 
Um, and the covers were done by Will Quintana and Adrian Gutierrez. Um, Adrian, Adrian Gutierrez also did inks as well. And uh, Josh Trujillo is also going to be doing the Blue Beetle Dawn of the DCU, the new comic run that is going to be an ongoing Blue Beetle series. Uh, he's also writing that. So he is, I guess, currently kind of taking over this character. They must have been very happy with the way that this book performed or how it was written to give them that full time here. But yeah, this was the cover. Uh, graduation day really only, when we're talking about high school graduation, right, is really only the focus of like the first issue. Then it kind of becomes more of a metaphor for graduating to like a bigger hero throughout the story. But what was your thoughts on just the story overall and the comic overall before we kind of dive into a little bit more? Are we doing this issue by issue or like overall? Just overall story, yeah. All right, so I couldn't believe how wide scoping this story was and how many characters involved. I know we were talking about that before the show. I mean, you get a lot of Batman, Superman. You get uh, Ted Cord, Blue Beetle, uh, and his sister. You have um, just a lot of different settings, and it's just a really expansive story. And it does what all those expansive stories uh, that are good do successfully. It focuses on Jaime Reyes and I, I really enjoyed his arc and it, the confidence that he built. Uh, I like the idea that he was, you know, out of high school, didn't know what he was doing with himself. And he had to figure out how to be a superhero. Then the superheroes are trying to put him on the shelf because there's this looming threat related to the scarab um, and the, and the blue, Beetle mythos in general, and I just couldn't believe how wide scoping it was and how centered it got when it needed to. So I enjoyed the story. I think the story was the best part of this. I I really do. Um, the art. There are panels where it works and panels where it doesn't work for me. Sometimes the art, the faces are weird in this. Sometimes you know, it's it's kind of reminds me of the uh, Batgirl. Uh, of Burnside art, which is never my favorite art style. And so it took me out of it a few times, but you know, it's not the, it's not the art style that I gravitate towards, but the story was fantastic. And there are some moments in here that are drawn really awesome. The action is drawn really well. I don't necessarily love how the faces and everything are, are drawn. Yeah. I'd say it's a little more like a cartoonish drawing, right? Then, than what you sometimes see in these comics. And like you said, sometimes it really works. And sometimes you're like, Oh, that didn't really work for me um, in that way. But overall, I thought the story was good. I, I was maybe a little thrown off. I didn't really know what to expect about this story at all. Right. So like, you know, we both picked this. Well, I mean, I guess I picked it. Right. But like we, we both sat down and read this for the first time to prepare for the movie and such. So this wasn't like something like flashpoint that you had read and I hadn't read. Right. So like it was um, kind of both of our first experiences with it. So I didn't know what to expect and was kind of surprised that it did feature such a large scope of outside the blue beetle world. You know, like we do get uh, characters like Flash and Jessica Cruz and Shazam and, you know, um, uh, Cyborg and, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. While 
I was kind of hoping for just more of a Blue Beetle story because I wanted to kind of get to know more of Jaime Reyes themselves, you know. So I was maybe a little disappointed in that, as w- though, I mean, sometimes the art's really great with that, right? Like, I got this fantastic cover I really like, <laughs> Issue 5's cover. I, I want that as a poster. Yeah, I want that as, like, great. like, I would hang that on my wall. It is gorgeous. And it's amazing to me that Batman is such a looming uh, figure on that on that thing because he he has such a gravitas in this series, but he's such a small part of it, and like he's like the main focus of that cover. But like that is just like how Batman should be drawn—the shadowy, dark, can't even see his mouth. That's awesome. I love and Jessica Cruz in this was really cool to include her. Green, uh, Green Lantern that doesn't get enough play. She's more of a modern Green Lantern, so I really like to see her in there. And, you know, Shazam, I love that scene where Superman's Shazam's falling and Jaime's worried about him and Superman's like, don't worry about him, stay focused, like, do your job. Like, that that, that was really cool stuff. So, I love the covers. The covers are just fantastic. I will have gripes with some of the art, but the action as it was depicted and the covers were A+. Yeah, so I, I guess one of my little disappointments was just the fact that it, at some points it felt like a little too crowded with some of the characters, and uh, I just really wanted to read a Blue Beetle story. So it felt like a Justice League yeah, comic it, a lot. Yeah, of times. it did, and um, so that was a little disappointing for me. But uh, and I think another disappointment that I had was pretty much just how it wrapped up with, with having like, I don't know, a green beetle and a yellow beetle and like having these other beetles and then, then pretty much just being like, Oh no, like Jaime is controlled the scarab. There's nothing to worry about. And that was pretty much the end of the whole story, right? Like it was just more of like a, let's talk this out type of thing, which can sometimes work, you know, really well. But I, I was kind of like, sometimes I feel like with six issue comics, sometimes you have either a lot of buildup and then they have to quickly resolve it, which I felt like this was. I felt like the first two issues yeah. were a lot of buildup and then didn't really know how to wrap it up. And then you have some comics where six issues is like moving at a really high pace, almost sometimes too fast. So I think sometimes and we kind of complain about that for like TV shows sometimes too, you know, only having mm-hmm. six episodes and all that kind of stuff. But um, it was a quick read. I read this all in one sitting. So, you know, that's all I really have to say about that. It was maybe like an hour and a half for me. It was really quick, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice breeze of a read. There's a lot of action. And, you know, four, four five, and six just fly. They they fly. Um, there's The exposition is in the beginning. And then it just four, – issue four to me is where the thing just takes off and you really get going. Um, the action is fantastic. Um, I really enjoyed Starfire and Cyborg in here. The Teen Titans element was cool. But yeah, I, I agree with you that it was it was not what I thought I was getting myself into when I said, okay, Blue Beetle graduation day. I'm thinking it's going to be more like the first two issues where it's focused on Jaime. He gets his crummy job at, that because he doesn't know what he's doing for college. And his parents are like, well, this isn't going to work. You're going to live with... I think it was his aunt and you know, you're going to work at the restaurant, you know, that, 
Yeah, the the name. I thought it was going to be more of that. The name graduation day makes me think a more grounded story. But like I said, it mm-hmm. kind of became more of a metaphor for like graduating from being, you know, Superman was treating them with kid gloves, and so was you know Batman and stuff like that. And he's like, no, I can, I can do this. And he kind of proved it to them when they, you know, near the end of the story, agree to do it his way. Um. But yeah, I just felt like some of those other Beatles that we meet were just a little bit underdeveloped that for them to play such a big role in this was a little shocking, I guess, for me. But what I also want to hang, I do want to show two of my favorite um, slides here. So so we have... Uh, um, okay, so I really like this from Ted Cord too. I love that we got to see him. He's like, as you know, I'm the world's foremost expert on the reach and their technology, me. So yeah, I have a clue, you know? Uh, yeah, that was good. That was so good. cocky. And then we have where he's talking about, she she mentions him going out with Booster Gold. She doesn't name drop him, but you know, we know who she's talking about. And uh, Ted says, I've told you a million times, sis, we're dealing with the threats to the time stream. I hope you know how ridiculous that sounds is what Victoria's response is. It's actually really, it's actually really perfect. Uh, I it, I love Ted Cord and Booster Gold from the little bits of it that I've read, and I, I'm gonna read a lot more. It's that was really good. I forgot to send you screenshots, but I really like when he's going over the history of the Blue Beetles, mm-hmm. um, and that page is just stunning. And another thing I really liked to this, I know it's not a Superman comic, but I really like Superman in this comic. At the beginning, yeah. he's benching uh, Jaime, and he's saying that, you know, look, we we got to be careful here. But he, he's being very, very nice and about it. He's got that Superman touch. And at the end, he's throwing all his support to Jaime, and it's just, it's just so Superman. So... It's not a Superman comic, but I really like the Superman notes we got in it. I'll tell you what I didn't like. I didn't like Batman in this comic. Um, I didn't either. He was written, I don't think, very well. He was. Th- this is what I, when I don't like Batman, and this happens quite a bit in comics. I feel like when he treats the person that is younger cold. as uh, yeah, very cold, but also just acting like they're a child. I'm like Bruce you you raise these kids all the time to be these types of people like it it never focuses on the bat family aspect of it though it's always when it's somebody outside of his bat family i'm like jaime's not that young compared to when you had damien out there or dick out there you know what i'm saying so i i found Uh it very interesting the way he was written in this because i could not stand batman in this story at all i agree with you in that I agree with you. I liked the way Batman was very shadowy and draw the way he was drawn, but I had problems with the. He seemed like he was Superman's henchman almost in this, and it was like they were a package deal. It, it, there was a vibe to it that I, I wasn't about. But yeah, it's funny because it's like you could sure as hell trust Jaime more than you can trust Jason Todd. Um, so, like, yeah. you should be used to giving a bit of a leash to these young superheroes. And this one actually has powers. <laughs> right, yeah, so I guess that's something that's different, too, right? Like, these other previous Blue Beetles, 
never had like the scarab. They were mm-hmm. uh, a blue beetle that was uh well actually i guess dan garrett also draws abilities from the egyptian scarab it says in 1964 but uh it it's like ted cord right is mostly his gadgets and and stuff like that it doesn't like he doesn't have the full suit he doesn't have the same scarab type stuff going on so i think that's very interesting that you know i guess when they made jaime they wanted to kind of changed up a bit. He was created in 2006. Uh, you know, three years later, he makes a Smallville debut, his live action debut. Um, That's a pretty accelerated yeah. path for character because he's getting a movie in all days. Yeah. Almost, um, what What is that? Uh, for 17 years? Uh, 17 years after being created. That's not too... That's a, that's a pretty big gap, but when you think about making... Uh, cause like Miss mm-hmm. Marvel got her, she was created in what, 2013 and she got her show in 2022. So that was less than 10 years. And that's probably one of the fastest that I can recall. I mean, it's miles. It's miles really, is, uh, pretty, yeah. Miles Morales character. Harley Quinn was the example that comes to me. She's a, just in the Batman, the animated series as a new character for that. And then all of a sudden she's one of the biggest names in comics. So like, I mean, Jaime Reyes is getting up there in terms of how did that happen? So it's really cool. Um, it's really fun. And I like having Ted Cord and Jaime Reyes as two viable blue beetles. I think if the DCU is smart, they'll play into that, especially with the booster gold show. One thing I thought that was very interesting was that we got, uh, we know Victoria Cord is in the movie. That's Susan Sarandon, and that mm-hmm. in this comic, she is pretty front and center here, and does like a and lot she looks of just a, like Susan Sarandon. Yeah, does a lot of the actual running of Cord Industries, while Ted is is kind of focused more on doing the superhero stuff. So, look, a lot of times I think these people that write the comics they kind of can get heads up on what's kind of going on because there sometimes needs to be these synergies. So I, I think that's viable that, like, uh, even though the the plan has probably completely changed since James Gunn came over, but like you said, there's a possibility that Ted Cord can still be active at the same time as Jaime Reyes. Um, I hope so. Like you said, for the for the Booster Gold of it all, right? Because I don't think Jaime and Booster have that same sort of relationship. Now they have had comics together. Uh, it's said that uh, when I'm reading here, uh, after 2006, it, it had a it, you know a run for a bit until 2009, and then it re- the character returned in June of 2009 to co-feature. Um, with Booster Gold. So there was like a run where it was these two hanging out, but usually it's Ted Cord and... Um... You can't you can't have Booster Gold without without Ted Cord. I am sorry, you mm-hmm. just can't do it. It's like, it's very much like a Scrubs, JD, and Turk kind of a relationship, or maybe a more current one. Well, it's not that current. Barney and Ted from How I Met Your Mother. It, they're, they're a package deal. You know, they're very interconnected so and to be honest they balance each other out because booster is so insane and so narcissistically about him and ted is very 
balanced and straightforward and he's still fun, but you know, so you need Ted Cord. Yeah. You, you need Ted Cord. I don't want to take away from Jaime, but you, you need Ted Cord and Booster Gold gives you that option of having it almost tied to another franchise. Yeah. 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 Also. So th- again, I already bought the shirt. I've, t- I've showed it on here before, but I'm wearing whenever I go see this movie, I'm going to wear my, uh, BFF shirt. It has BFFs on it and has booster gold and Ted cord on it. So, so cool. I'm so excited to wear that. I almost bought the shirt at Walmart, but I was like, I already got my blue beetle shirt that I'm wearing to opening night or whenever I nice. go. Uh, but yeah, so I'm very curious on how this will translate into the movie. Like we said, so we get kind of get Susan Sarandon, Victoria cord in here as well. Now, apparently in this movie, it's more of like her brother Ted has kind of disappeared mysteriously. I don't think Ted is going to appear in this movie unless if he shows up as some sort of like post credit thing. You're gonna get hints. That's all you're gonna. Get I kind of hope he doesn't show up. I know people are upset and want him to, but I'd rather. But that gives James Gunn so many more options. It gives James Gunn so many more options to cast as well. Like if he wasn't involved in casting Ted Cord in this movie and he has plans for him, then yeah, I want him to be able to cast Ted Cord on his own. Uh, but what, okay. So what did you think about, there were some speech bubbles in this comic that were fully in Spanish with no translation. Uh, did you take the time to translate them at all? Or are you just like, don't understand that it's not important. I took it as, that's the cultural representation. I I will look at the thing for cues, but I'm just going to move on. If you're not careful in the DC Infinite app, you'll open the ones in Spanish that are completely in Spanish. Oh, really? I don't think I've seen yeah, those. Yeah, because I, I searched it, and uh, for some reason I couldn't find it in the dive back in thing. So I searched it, and I opened up one that was completely in Spanish, and all six of them have um spanish versions uh for each issue so i i was like the so the third one i was like is this completely in spanish like what am i supposed to take from this and then i realized what i had done and i was like oh thank goodness but i was because i got a c plus in spanish too (laughs) you know no, I, like a C minus, actually, I think. So, like, it's like I did not enjoy it. I remember my my teacher was like, "You can't even like ask to go to the bathroom in English. It's got to be all Spanish." And I was just like, "Yeah, I, I know ten words. I don't know." <laughs> I didn't take Spanish in school. I took German. So yeah, so I I didn't really understand any of these speech bubbles uh, i thought about translating them but it's not like an easy copy paste so i was like like you said i just kind of took context clues because i was like i felt like if it's anything plot significant they would have had it translate it um so yeah it's just part of the representation here i do wish that they had maybe put a translation in there but because sometimes they went on for like a few like panels um like it wasn't just like a one-off thing at times and i was like okay hopefully this is not important because i can't understand this but um yeah but i think that's really cool about representation because i think a lot of times we take for granted the idea that media is just for us like it's it's not and i i bet you that for the target 
demographic of that, it probably means a lot that, hey, this is, they're not even like subtitles and like on a show. It's like this, just straight up Spanish. Um, that's really cool. And as long as they don't do it to the point where I have no clue what's going on, I'm fine. I'm completely fine with it. I think it's cool that you have that representation. I think it matters. I know Zack Snyder ruffled some feathers by saying he can't wait to go see it and re- with his kids and representation matters. That should never um, ruffle any feathers. Uh, I just, uh, but you know, the group that, you know, we constantly malign on. The I know, show. but I, I, it's I, no secret. that's something I don't get. Like if you're, if the person you're like obsessed with is like, Hey, I'm going to give this a try. Like maybe like, I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe you should give it a try. I don't know. Uh, Jesus was really into helping the needy and take and feeding people and taking care of, you know, each other. And that's not always what you get with yeah. uh, evangelical Christianity. So, you know, um, consider the source. Every every group of zealots has their drawbacks, and they don't speak for the rest of the group, no matter which group we're talking about. So, it shouldn't ruffle people's feathers that there's representation in media though i agree a hundred percent it shouldn't but you know it's going to i mean people are freaking out about the barbie movie as if it's like the worst thing that ever happened to humanity and i'm like it's it's fun media see it or don't see it you have a choice like if somebody got enjoyment out of it isn't that a good thing like i i'm all about not liking what i don't like but I, you don't have to like it. I just, you know, most of the graduation day is, uh, you know, we also have his friends that come and join him in the city as well. What we kind of get here is right. It's supposed to be a gap year for him. He's not going to school. He's going to be working at his aunt's business at the restaurant and then kind of interning for free. Uh, Ted Cord, you know, makes tons of money, but he says he can't pay his interns. Uh, that was a interesting panel. I didn't like that because that's <laughs> like the whole rich person mindset. Like, I can understand Victoria's character saying we can't pay this guy, but like Ted, you guys are rich. It it that bugged me. It 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 does does bug. Very David Zasloff of them. Yeah, I thought that was funny, though. I was like, this is so realistic. Uh, even if they're buddies in the superhero world, it's like, oh, yeah, but I can't pay you. Um, yeah, so uh, that that's kind of where they're going there. And they actually have to break into Cord Industries when they find out that... Uh, what a purse is there, right? Like, one of the... Who's the villain? I totally forget yeah. the villain. The villain was uh, somebody that he wears this fade away. He wears this cape right? fade away. Fade away. Yeah, he wears. This, I love this. There was a bubble where he's like, he's my arch foe, and I'm like, arch foe. Actually, really? I want to okay. correct this here. I think th- I think they're actually a they. Uh, I, they. I think it is part of the representation okay. here that uh, fade away. Okay. Is, yeah. They. I apologize for not catching that. Um. But yeah, like, so they tricked Jaime and the, there was this magical purse thing 
But I, I, I'm still not quite sure. I know they had the epilogue about the purse. That seems. Still not they said sure. it's continuing and. Okay. Yeah, I'm still not sure what's going on with that. But there's like this floating purse. Yeah, I think it was all just set what, up for whatever they do next to get the other beetle to break yes. out of yeah. the court industries. Yeah, um, but you know that that was an interesting scene. They were an interesting character. Um, because, you know, seemed like he had a real cool backstory. It seemed like some of it was true. Some of it was like telling him what he wanted to hear. That, that was interesting. Yeah. I thought it was funny, though, calling him arch foe. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> arch foe. Yeah, they say, like, didn't you fight once? Because <laughs> uh, this is, you know, they, they're, they, uh, Jaime is facing fade away very early on in the first issue on his way to graduation day. It's the reason why he's late. And then we kind of kick into all of the scarab stuff uh, after that. But yeah, I, I think they said, I forget when this is supposed to continue. Um, I, I don't know if it was blue beetle one or in another arc that's starting before that, but I think they said, uh, something here let me let me double check uh but it was like almost like a post credit scene right where we, we got to see like yeah it was in the epilogue yeah uh which was interesting because i'm not used to seeing those in like a six issue arc like this um but yeah i found it very interesting let me see here i have it almost pulled up okay uh yeah so in september they're actually launching another series i think called blue beetle scarab war and that is where it continues. Um, yeah. There we go. So they set up some, they set up three scarabs in this, this story. So. Yeah. And it's weird too. Like I, I still try to understand exactly where the story, like the, where the scarabs come from. One of them comes from the reach, right? But the other ones are like, against the reach and like nobody's ever tamed like uh Jaime's blue beetle before so i don't know it's all kind of interesting to see how this like i'm not too up to date on that kind of stuff so trying to figure out like how this all ties together for some of that was interesting to me because I'm not yeah, it kind of had a Green Lantern vibe. It almost felt, yeah, it almost yeah. seemed like the uh, Blue Beetle Scarab. He said terrible power. Like it almost like you wonder if his Scarab Kajida, I think is how you say the name, yeah. is um has a like villainous history. Yeah, almost it was supposed Sinestro to destroy Earth. Of, they said, yeah. yeah, almost a Sinestro of the Blue Beetle world. Um, is what it sounds like. So that's interesting. Yeah, trying to uh, take over the world, but you know, Blue Beetle uh, Jaime has been able to have it pledge right to the uh, mm-hmm. to the ways of, and and that speaks to his moral character and his strength and um, his will. Yeah, um, because you know, it seemed like the other Beetles had to fight their their scarab a little bit more yeah and their scarabs were good uh they were supposed to defeat 
uh, Kajida, right? Uh, Jaime's uh, mm-hmm. Blue Beetle, uh, which I thought was interesting. But uh, yeah, I also wanted to share this picture. This is like the very last thing before the epilogue. Um, just seeing how all happy everybody is, getting their picture taken. Uh, I thought that was really cool. You have Victoria. She doesn't look too pleased. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> Ted, he's beaming. You got Jaime with his family and Starfire, who appears in this pretty heavily. Um, and uh, his friends over here and, you know, his aunt. is like, is like Victoria trying to be like Black Canary with all the leather? Like, yeah, it's man. interesting, huh? I don't, I don't know. It's like it's a choice. It's like it's she's always like all leathered up. I, I'm like, I don't know. Susan Sarandon is playing her. Going to be interesting to see if the wardrobe is anything like the comic because it seems to be an intent intended thing. Um, and then I just love how Ted Cord looks like so silly happy, you know. It was that big old smile in that picture. Yeah. But it, it felt a little bit like an episode of The Flash where they just kind of talked them down. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, we're going to have the peaceful option. And it was like, weren't you just taking down a city? Like, wasn't that like a whole dramatic thing? I, you know. Cool. But. It, it is almost a letdown, an anticlimactic moment. Yeah, yeah, it was a little. Uh, that's what I was kind of saying before with the little. I, I almost needed an extra couple issues. Yeah, yeah, because it's like once the aliens come here, you're thinking like, oh, it's really gonna kick off, and they're like, no, never mind, we're good. Well, imagine if they, it's an SOS because it was an SOS, yeah. not right. Jaime realizes they're they're asking for help. They're not invading, and w- when they land, that should have kicked off a whole new issue, and then they should have wrapped it up because that would have given me a more satisfying story. It would have been more believable. I want to go wait. Wait a second. How did we jump from this to that? Um, that I think would have been better. Yeah. Uh. Real quick, I'm just gonna look at some more of these covers. This is this is pretty cool. We have uh, Jaime with the fadeaway cape. Uh, we have the Golden Beetle here on issue two. We have, oops, uh, issue six's cover, which is you know, because he Jaime is also having problems keeping his scarab like actually like turned on. Um. And then I already showed the Batman one. This one's three of six. This is mostly the Starfire one. We have Green Beetle in the background there. Um, and then we have, yeah, that's all of them. That's all the covers. It was interesting that Starfire was his advocate. It was because she was relating to him with the Timarian uh, experience with, you know, the alien scarab. I thought that was an interesting connection. Yeah, yeah, because she is alien as well. Yeah, kind of, kind of interesting too that this comic is rated thirteen plus. Why? Like, I'm know. sorry. Why? Like, Very I know benign. there's some violence, but like, what comic book doesn't have a little violence? I mean, like, I don't know. I, I'm not saying that I would put this in front of my two year old niece, but I also don't think a ten year old would have a problem. Yeah, no, this is like I don't I don't get it. This is pretty benign. Like if you show this to a ten year old, there's nothing 
There's nothing of a sexual nature. There's nothing racy or inappropriate. I, I don't know. I feel like I read comics that don't have that on it that are not good for kids. Jeez, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Like, did American Alien have that? Comic. Did, did American Alien? No, I don't think so. Issue, I don't think so, but it probably should have. The second have. issue of American um, Alien is very rough in that regard. Not for kids, no. I mean, any, heck, nowadays, anytime the Joker comes into a panel, you're just like, yeah, all right, kids, get out of here. Too, a, a little too rough with Joker, I think, at this point. Uh, and I don't want them to stop. I love it. I think it's great. Oh, I know no, you I like go that. the other yeah. way. I, I Joker should just he a deranged madman. Yes, I'm all for it. Uh, brilliant schemist. You know that the what they did. You know I wasn't in love with like for example, Joker Endgame, uh, Batman Joker Endgame. I haven't. But read death it yet. of the uh, death of the family. Um, with the Scott Snyder run was really, really good. Might be my favorite Joker story. Okay. American alien says, uh, rate it T plus for 15 up. Yes. Yeah, so I guess. Okay. It does. Yeah. It does. Verify that. You know, I, I, I didn't notice it. I think it's getting more noticeable on the covers. Maybe on the app, it's a little more noticeable, uh, but yeah. All right, so uh, I guess that's pretty much it for for this storyline. But I guess I'm going to pose it to you, Chris. Does this make you? I'm going to ask you two questions here. Does this make you more excited okay. for the movie? And two, does this make you want to continue the epilogue and read Scarab Wars? I feel like I'm going to forget about Scarab Wars, and then someone's going to tell me that hey, Scarab Wars is really good, and I'll eventually get to it. Um, but I feel like I'm going to forget about Scare Force. The movie, I was, it's a DC movie. I was already going to go see it. I'm glad that I have a little more background information on Jaime Reyes, that I've read a comic. I always like to read the source material. So I'm glad that I got my toes into the source material for the movie. Um, I got so many comics to read that, you know, the Blue Beetle Scare Wars, I, if people say it's good, I'll probably check it out. Yeah, I, no, I mean, this did make me more excited for the movie. It's kind of been sneaking up on me that we're almost there. Like, the fact that we're, like, like I said, as of recording, like, nine days out from it is kind of surprising. Uh, like, me. I always want to delay it so we have more to look oh, forward to. Yeah, because this to. is it until, well, Christmas, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Get Aquaman too, which I'm not looking forward to. But I like the first one, but yeah, I, I thought the first one was just okay. So I'm not like super on on board with that, but we'll see, right? We'll we'll see how it goes. But for this one, I'm really excited because this is something that can potentially still get pulled into the new universe if it's popular and if it's well received. Um DC needs a win. I'm hoping the rate it, like the reviews for this are at least good, but um, I'm not, I'm not betting anything on it. <laughs> All right. So my problem isn't, so my problem really is the previous regime just green light all of these movies. You know, they have the Shazam movies, they have this, they have, and, and they have a lot of movies that weren't going to get them 
anywhere. And they weren't, they were really focused on individual stories that don't really connect as much. They were just like, let's just get movies out of there. Let's just green light all these different things. If this was in the MCU, it would have some built up momentum and people would see it because they would have to, they'd be completionists. They want to see the whole thing. Um, now you have people, and I know you have people tuning out of MCU projects now, but I, the DC fans, they can skip this movie and they're going to be fine. And that's, I just, I don't understand why it was greenlit when it was greenlit. I would love it to like revisionist history. I would love it to be, Hey, James Gunn wants to do a blue beetle. He wants him in the DCU. Cool. All for it. I'm all for blue beetle. I'm all for Jaime Reyes. I'm excited about the representation, but commercially in terms of box office, I just don't understand why. I mean, this was supposed to be an HBO Max release. Yeah. I this was this wasn't even supposed to be a Max release. This was supposed to be an HBO Max. Right, release. right. right. You know, and they changed it very early on to that too. So you know, we didn't get Batgirl, uh, but you you made all these movies. You know, I would love to see Batgirl still. I I. I even if it's bad, I'd like to see it. We've had that conversation. But you just greenlit all the stuff, and then you don't even have the money to market it. And then the Flash is the one thing you market, and you oversaturate it. So you, with all that oversaturation of the Flash, you could have spread it out to all these other projects. Because the well, thing, the thing was, is, you didn't have money to... they thought that was their hit, right? Like, they thought they had it they thought they had money printing off of that movie, uh, which, and the Ravens thought for Sean Perryman was a good <laughs> idea. So it, it, yeah, it, the consequences of being wrong with these things are what they are. Like DC just doesn't get it. And you know, the trailers for blue beetle have not inspired me about the movie there. And I'm a, I'm a guy who's going to see it one way or the other. So they it's are like, highly viewed though. Uh, I think the first blue beetle, trailer had, so is the flash trailer but it had higher views than the flash trailer is what i read um which is uh interesting i think there's interest i think there's interest but i i don't i just i don't expect a dc movie right now to do well and i feel like they need to focus on their heavy hitters and we're you know i was talking about this with a couple guys on Twitter, like the way I see it is creature commandos is like a head start for the nerds. It's seven Superman episodes too. The act- they confirmed that. And yeah. he said they're already done voice recording and all of that. So we could get that relatively soon. I guess the strike is holding that we'll up. Get it next year. But yeah, but, um, the creature commandos is a head start for, D- for DC nerds. And the general audience will start the DCU with Superman legacy. Yeah, yeah. But then there's this convoluted, well, Blue Beetle's a DC character, DCU character, but it's not a DCU film. And I, the intellectual dishonesty I see about this confusion is just jaw-dropping. Whatever narrative you want to form it in, they're doing it. 
It's really annoying. Well, I think it doesn't help how confusing it is, right? Well, we talked about it on the draft. We're supposedly getting Wonder Woman 3 with Gal Gadot. You know, we're getting a brand new Superman, a brand new Batman on top of the Robert Pattinson Batman. We're also getting uh, Blue Beetle being mentioned as the first DCU character, but Superman Legacy being the first movie. We're also supposed to get John Cena back as Peacemaker. I can understand the confusion. But this is why a hard reboot would be the better yeah, it, strategy. It would. But... And I think it can still I think it can still be considered a hard reboot if they don't keep the stuff in continuity, right? Like if it's a whole new universe and it's just some of the same actors, I think that can work. But it's confusing because but again, I think all of this doesn't matter if the projects are good. If the projects are good and people show up, I don't think they care. You, you know what I've noticed about box office? This is the angle. You know, the, you'd never, as a studio, you never have to worry about the heated, controversial opinion. Because if you did, the Snyderverse would be just booming. If Speaking of boomers, the get-off-my-lawn types of people don't determine box office. Barbie getting a billion proves that. Um, you look at the movies that are doing well, a lot of them are the ones that the rise of Skywalker, the the get off my lawn people were killing the rise of Skywalker. You know how much money that made? Billion. Uh, get, the get off my lawn people are never going to be happy with anything, and they do not determine the box office success of a movie. They just don't. Which is good. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Rise of Skywalker, I will be covering Ahsoka over on the Pod Awakens uh, with Ron, who's been a frequent guest on here. Um, Chris, I, are you watching Ahsoka when it comes out? Yeah, I'm going to be watching it. I, I'm so far behind on Star Wars that now when something Star Wars comes out, <laughs> I'm just dumping on it because I can't get more behind. Yeah, yeah. Well... That's great, because I might need a, a guest for the third episode, so that would be... Uh, I will make sure great. I am available, and on and summer classes are over. They do, I do start school again in the 30th, but, you know. Okay, yeah, that should be... And football season's coming, too, so it's... That episode but I will, will be, be released on the 30th, but yeah, so we'll have to talk about it sometime after. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. There you go. Uh, that week, I'll Listeners, be Listeners, you'll it. even hear Chris on The Pod Awakens if you follow us over there. Uh, when we get May the Force be with you. <laughs> when we get to the week two, because the first two episodes are dropping on the same day. So if people are excited for that, I've put the new Ahsoka poster as my phone background. Uh, so I'm ready. Um, people may not know this because I, I think people have started to get to know this, right, from when we did our draft. I'm more of a Marvel guy when it comes to movies. I'm more of a, right now I've been more of a DC comics guy when it comes to comics, but overall my first love is star Wars and star Wars is the, the big one for me. So I am very excited to be able to ramp up the pot awakens again for Ahsoka and, uh, you know, pre 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 uh, preparing for, that which um you're really you're never gonna get your nerd card taken away that <laughs> that is cemented on your body at this point yeah, it is true. good you are very accustomed to nerd culture and 
I am half the nerd that you are, my friend. You are in it to win it. I I admire. The it. only missing link, I think, is I'm not a Star Trek guy. I've never really see. I I ne- never it really got missed into me. It. In Star Trek, missed me. Yeah. I just never. I never cared about it. And then it be, there's so much to catch up on. I well, like, I started watching The Next Generation maybe a couple of years ago when my wife was out of town. I was like, oh, I'll like see what this is all about. I hear that one's really good. It's got, you know, Patrick Stewart and all that. And I, I watched a few episodes. It's very 1980s and 1990s. And it wasn't really grabbing me. And I've heard people say, well, season two is when it gets really good. But I was like, I'm not watching 20 some episodes right now to get to when it's good. So I just kind of left it. Um, but maybe one day, but that's kind of like the big nerd part of me that doesn't exist is, uh, I'm all about DC, Marvel, Star Wars. Those are my big, my big, yeah. Versions. So Star Wars and me, yeah, I'm hit or miss with it. It's like, there are times where it sucks me into it. And there are times where it just kind of passes by, uh, DC is my biggest thing in Marvel too. Um, I'm I'm getting more and more into Marvel, and I'm getting more and more into the DC stuff. I like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm definitely a nerd, but like you, you, you got me beat a little bit. But Star Trek is the saddest thing about it is I'm like I'm sure I'd like it. Like I'm sure I would like Star Trek. I just never did. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also a huge Pokemon fan, so that's another big nerd aspect of me. Dude, you got to catch them all. Got, yeah, you got to catch. Them you got to catch them all. Uh, so, I, <laughs> so I, so here's my problem with Pokemon. I grew up obsessively playing red, blue, yellow Game Boy game. Mm-hmm. Red, blue, and yellow. I've played them at least ten times each. Um, I enjoy Pokemon, the, the cartoon. It was great, right. and then. And then you start playing like you have the silver, the gold, mm-hmm. you have the other, and you get all these other Pokemon. I'm like, I know the 150 like the back of my hand. And then it's like the these, who are these starter Pokemon? Give me <laughs> freaking Charizard, damn it! Do you know how many Pokemon there are now? Um, I'm gonna guess 680. Oh no, it is at 1,010. See, 150 was cool. 150 was cool. I will say though, I look. I grew up with first generation. I grew up with yellow. That was my first game. Yellow's my favorite because Pikachu is awesome. I love, I love uh, the newer games a lot. And having a thousand and ten of them, keep them coming. Keep releasing new Pokemon. I love it. So red and red and blue started me on the Pokemon thing, but yellow, I kind of, I believe it released at the insanity of my pokemon obsession yeah, yeah. i was so into pokemon like you have no idea like ninja turtles and pokemon were my childhood yeah i used to have all the ninja turtle toys um from the cartoon. i used to collect the cards i used to i was into that stuff man you know i probably could sell my cards for a good bit but i i, I don't want to like it's just that mm-hmm. part of it just never never gets to me like i I, I just, you know, dude, got to catch them all, man. You got to catch them all. Yeah. So if people are interested in any of that, I do uh, play Pokemon on my YouTube channel, Youngster Jordan, if you want to follow that over there. I'm just, I, I have my hands in every pot, really, when it comes to Well, that is creation. a pot you already put the lid on, right? Like that. 
that's already done in the can stuff, right? Yeah, well, Dunkster Jordan. Uh, no, I still, I still am making content on it. I just haven't released something recently, but I've been okay. filming a special project related to it. That's going to take a long time. So that's kind of what I've been doing. Look at you, that's what I've been kind of Director doing on Jordan. My off time when I'm not podcasting. I've been making right. some videos, but. Uh, We're gonna have to make a trade with this off time. Right? <laughs> I need some of this off time for all these podcasts. Well, I didn't go back to school, so uh... you're smart. You're smart for doing that. Um... The, the best thing right now is when I work from home because as soon as I get off work, I don't have a commute, so I can do things like that, or I'll do that mm-hmm. stuff on my weekends. But also, I can sometimes use my lunch break to do some of those things. So that's that's been good about only going in two days a week. I am so looking forward to having a weekend. You have no idea. Oh, I bet. Having a, I, I've never had a weekend. Like, it's just it's not a thing in my life. And I just can't wait for the weekend to be a thing. I'm looking forward to, uh, looking forward to knowing how the other half lives. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's revolutionary. It really is. Once I got out of the customer service stuff and started doing uh like a full like full-time nine to five job it's really revolutionized my life because i do feel like i have a lot more spare time than i used to uh but that'll wrap us up here uh next week i don't know if we have a plan yet but um it'll probably be us recording blue beetle the movie at some point um yeah we will definitely do that. Um, so we won't record on our yeah. usual Wednesday because it's not out until Friday mm-hmm. anyway. So I'll probably see it Saturday morning or something. And then we can probably. Yeah, record. I'm going to try to see it that weekend. Um, it might be a little up in the air because of my car situation. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. I don't even know what's going on with that. But, um, dude, I'm definitely going to see Blue Beetle in theaters because. You know, I enjoy seeing Blue Beetle in theaters. And you know what I noticed when I go to the theaters? Because I saw Into the Spider-Verse and it was packed. Mm-hmm. And I really love when the theater's not packed. <laughs> so the, Do you have the recliners and owner, stuff? Do they have that at your... Uh... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Westminster does. Um, I, I don't... I will not go to... Unless it's IMAX, I will not go to a theater without recliners. It's just... Nah, it's a deal breaker for me now. Oh, the theater that I saw Flash at for my second viewing um, uh-huh. that I had a gift card to, the Regal that was here, was cl- is now closed. It closed like <laughs> a couple weeks ago. That one never upgraded. It always had a, not a terror. Well, had, that's why they yeah, closed. It didn't have a great screen and it didn't have recliners or anything. Um, but the only problem. What I've started doing is like when I saw Mission Impossible, I saw it at a Cinemark on Saturday morning and it was only $8.50. So, wow, well, I, I've never even heard of Cinemark. Blue Beetle here uh, is probably what I'm going to do. So, to, so if I wait till Tuesday, Tuesday is our six dollar tickets in Westminster. So there you go, bargain Tuesday. So I might see it on that Tuesday just to get the cheap. That's fine. Cheap ticket. I'll, yeah, I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you about Blue Beetle. I I really am enjoying the movie theaters. Uh, but I like it when it's less packed because Westminster, for whatever reason, the sound just isn't high oh, enough. Oh, really? For me, now, I I don't think my mom has noticed that, but like for me, when I go to Owens Mills, the AMC, the sound is really loud 
and it kind of blocks all of the world off, right? But like Westminster, it's like you you get too much of your environment and not enough of the sound. Yeah, in my yeah. Opinion. There's some theaters that are like that, unfortunately. Uh, like I think it's a choice, and I'm just like, it's the wrong choice. But so uh, the plan is for next episode to be the Blue Beetle. Um, if if for some reason we do have to film it the week, uh, listen, uh, you know, sorry, record it the week after, then there'd be no episode in between those. Um, but it'll be coming soon, uh, where we'll be talking. Blue and we're been, we've been consistent enough. You really don't have anything to complain right, about, guys. Right. Like, like what what show doesn't have a stretch where it takes a little bit to come out? And if you are desperate for our show, please rate, review. There you go. Um, He's our plug and guy. Leave comments, and we will be more inclined to not have any breakage. I want to congratulate you on winning the draft too, because we put a poll up. Ron put a poll up uh, that had didn't say who picked who, right? So that way, people outside of here, if they saw the if they saw the poll, they didn't know like, oh, that was Chris's. Let me pick Chris's. It was just A, B, and C, and you got first. I got second. And Ron got third. Um, I will attest, though, that I think, Chris, you cheated. You picked three Batman movies. That wins the general public. The The general public. That's the the goat. That's the goat. (laughs) General public is very basic. And they're like, they see Batman and they they go ahead and vote for it. But (laughs) no, to be fair, he's the goat. And I got the three best Batman movies. Yeah, you had uh, Dark Knight. The Dark Knight, The Batman and Begins. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Look. You can't go wrong with those three Batman movies. And then I got Spider-Man 2 and Guardians of the Galaxy 3. So I had... So if you don't count the Captain America as a trilogy, because it was more of an Avengers movie for Civil War, if you don't count that as a trilogy, I got the trilogies that matter in superhero cinema. I got the Raimi Spider-Man, I got the Christopher Nolan Batman, and I got the James Gunn Guardians of the Galaxy in there. So... That was my strategy, was to go after the trilogies. And then I had a leftover, and I said, okay, I'm going to take another one from the same trilogy, because I love it. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, so that uh, congratulations on winning the draft. I think that's the first draft I won, though. I really do think that's the first mm-hmm. of the three drafts we had. That's the one that I won. I, I don't think I won the other two, um, because I kind of went my own way. In the other two, I kind of went chalk in this one. I'll admit it. We'll have to I think about chalk. other drafts. I, I was thinking of an idea of video games based off superheroes. That's that's Ooh. an option too. That's that's an option, and we've all played just enough that we can have our I picks. So. The problem, the problem is, we're gonna have to include all generations to make it work. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, we could even include stuff like the X Men arcade game you know like some of those arcade games were huge like the simpsons and the x-men arcade games were big uh but yeah so if you want to reach us you can reach us in at elseworlds dc fan on all of the socials email us elseworlds dc fan at gmail.com we've been getting some emails there uh so reach out to us there and uh have a great rest of your week and we will catch you next time